football is back, and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day. And with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to 5001 The Athletics Leicester City Podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as ever is my co-host, Leicester City legend, Matt Elliott. How are you doing, Matt? Very good, Rob. Thank you very much. Yourself? Uh, absolutely. And we've got one of your old muckers along as well this week to have a <laughs> chat know. with us, catch up again. Uh, Pontus Kymark. Welcome, Pontus. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Welcome, Pontus. Thank you, Maddie. We're going to be discussing uh, Pontus's uh, career at Leicester City oh, a little bit God. later on. I'm sure there'll be plenty of stories and Matt will probably dig up a few as well. To celebrate the return of the Premier League, we're offering 40% off a subscription with The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to theathletic.com forward slash LeicesterPod to sign up for less than £3 a month. At The Athletic, we care about every club with a dedicated journalist for each team. So sign up now to enjoy unrivaled coverage and insight of all 20 sides as the season reaches its belated conclusion. First of all, guys, this is the first podcast we've had since football returned, since the Premier League returned. It's fantastic to have you back, even though it's not quite the, uh, the, the, the the game that we remember from before the lockdown, is it? It's been a very slow going so far. Um, first of all, Pontus, you've been watching the games from uh, from Sweden. What have you made of the restart? Well, like you said, a little bit slow. You know, you hope that it's going to get back to normal, but without the crowd... And maybe fitness level, maybe a few other reasons. We haven't really seen the heights and the intensity uh, of some of the teams, or most of the teams, to be honest. It's just a few individual players that come up to normal standards, you know. So, but hope, hopefully, it can pick up more and more. You know, that's that's all we can hope for. Matt, you were there at the King Power Stadium uh, for the Brighton game. I saw you had a little chat with you um, the other night. What did uh, what you made of Leicester City's start to uh, the return to the Premier League? Yeah, like most people, a little bit underwhelmed, I think it's fair to say. Uh, you know, there are extenuating circumstances for the uh, the mundaneness of the performances, really. It has been a little bit lethargic, hasn't it? You know, they've been okay, but we'll be disappointed that they haven't been able to create any sparks in the final third. And, you know, that is the key area of the pitch. And Leicester have come up short, really, in both games so far. But... I, Listen, they know they have the capability and the potential to improve things. They've shown that with these very same players earlier in the season. But it will be uh, of mild concern to Brendan Rodgers, I think. And, you know, the, the, the consolation is that it's not just Leicester City who made a slow start. Is it? I think numerous other teams have Man City apart thus far. No one's been particularly impressive, have they? Now, Pontus, what have you made of, uh, of Leicester under Brendan Rodgers? Well, I think they have taken steps. Uh, first of all, they have like a leader that everybody respects and looked up to. And he's uh, seemed to be a really genuine good manager, you know, a perfect fit for, for Leicester. And I think also if you look at the, the build-up and the way he's been using players, I also 
you can see the skill that is he brought into to the team. So I think he's the man uh, for for Leicester. But obviously, people are individuals. You know, players are individuals, and you can only do so far on that bit. And hopefully, everything can be, uh, pick up because Leicester is. I uh, think uh, they need the energy level. You know, that's the way they play. You know, and if you if you lose a little bit of that, you lose a little bit of quality. So hopefully, they can add on a little bit more energy in the future. In the first half of the season, Matt, we saw them absolutely bristling as an attacking force, weren't they? I mean, the 9-0 at Southampton, and they were scoring for fun. Since the turn of the new year, and it's not just been since the restart, they've really started to struggle to, to create chances. And uh, I, think, I think it's four of the last six games they've failed to score in, and they've only got one win in the last seven. It, 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 and this has been going on a little bit before lockdown as well, although they did go into lockdown on the back of that 4-0 thumping of Aston Villa. What, what do you think's happened? What's changed from the first half of the season to this second part? Yeah, I think um, I think you can look at a number of factors, really. I mean, one, first and foremost, it's difficult for any team um, to, to maintain that level of performance and consistency over the period of season. You know, very rarely does it occur. That, yes, you can point towards Man City. You can point last season or the season before as well and Liverpool, this campaign. But it's not the norm, is it? And, you know, to reach that level, we we saw the quality that those two squads possess earlier this season when, you know, they turned over Leicester, if we're honest, and, you know, both um, at the Etihad and Liverpool at, at the KP. So, you know, there is a gap to be bridged and quite a considerable one. So those two teams aside... You know, you expect there's going to be peaks and troughs, really. And Leicester are on, you know, an upward spiral, aren't they? And they're hoping to to attain that level. It may well be unachievable. It may be a, a fair way off, but that's what they're striving for. You mentioned the result against Villa. That was huge. That was huge, that was. Because it also, not only did it give them a little bit of breathing space again, but it, it reaffirmed the, the, the confidence that um, and that they were able to replicate what they'd done earlier in the season. So it's still there in them, but it's difficult to produce it. And I think I think perhaps as well, um, other teams maybe have, have, have changed the way they play against them. I think, you know, some people might beg to differ and, and not agree, but perhaps earlier in the season, teams were a little bit more blasé against Leicester and thought, right, we'll go there, we'll match them, we'll play an open game of football, and Leicester caught them off guard more often than not. You know, won the ball back in good areas, hurt them and punished them, and the game was out of sight sometimes. You know, Leicester were playing really fluently, weren't they? All of a sudden, maybe a change of tact uh, from the opposition has affected our Leicester play. And Brendan Rodgers has tried to sort of tinker it, with it a little bit in terms of systems, formations. Hasn't always worked. I don't think it worked against uh, Brighton, sorry, at, at the KP. It was... Um, you know, they sort of matched them up rather than going for broke. Whereas earlier in the season, Leicester would have tried to force the issue. I don't think it was realistic to expect them to carry on as they were throughout the course of the season. But I still think they'll have enough come the final game of the season. Well, it's certainly been noticeable in the Watford game and the Brighton game how deep both sides have set up against Leicester and almost inviting them onto it. I mean, last night, every time they lost the ball, Brighton retreated it almost into the final third of the pitch. And, and it was noticeable as well at Watford, how deep Watford were, considering they were the home team. It, it, is, it does certainly seem to be, Pontus, that um, 
other sides now are showing Leicester a bit more respect. Yeah, they do. I mean, they they obviously have seen what Leicester skills are and they read through. And uh, Leicester will have more problems if they don't have the big space with Vardy for the, you know, with the spaces and the running and everything. So, of course, it's not as easy to outplay teams if uh, it's maybe only Man City that has so much skill in that area, the last third, that they can you know, uh, go through any team, even Liverpool, I, I don't think have that kind of strategy most of the time, you know. So like Matty say, maybe, I mean, Leicester are still up there. I mean, who would imagine that Leicester should have have a chance as a club when you have the big six? I mean, six. I, mean I know that Leicester won the league a few years ago, but that's one in 5,000. So it's not really an expectation, you know. So it's it's an it's an enormous achievement just to be in the top four. Obviously, now it has to be to maintain it, and that can also be a psychological side of it. Now you have the pressure uh, to maintain the top four because the expectations are there. But like you said, unless they maybe to be fair, is not a top four team if you look at it in 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 other aspects. So maybe it should be around six, seven, eight, nine, and then it comes more logic that they lose a few points every now and then hopefully they can stick on to the to to pick up a good form and maintain the top four but i mean to to matt's uh, uh analysis there but maybe this is a little bit more normal even if you don't, they have a few dips in a couple of games that you shouldn't have like norwich and maybe brighton etc but it's still a good league there are many good teams you know so it's not that easy to just go and win pontus you've been working in tv in sweden for, for a number of years now, you're, you're working for Viasat. You, you've been doing a lot of stuff with the Premier League. How big is the Premier League in Sweden? And and have Leicester City got a little niche of fans over there? We do. We have uh, the, the the fan base over here. And those guys that have, um, have the fan base, they are quite old. But we have new ones coming in now as well. Obviously, many people follow football or teams when they are good. You know, so that's the way it is. But... I would say that this we have a tradition. I mean, English football is the biggest league in Sweden. It's it's bigger than the Swedish league. And we have followed and broadcasted English football longer, I think, than England. We celebrated 50 years of live coverage of the of the well, Division One or Premier League or whatever in last year. So we have been so I would say that everyone that follows football in sweden unless you're born in italy they have a, a favorite swedish team and a favorite english team so that is the main sport coverage that you can have it's bigger than i would say it's almost bigger than the world cup in football if you know what i mean it's it has so much fan base so you can build a tv company of just uh, you know just showing english football Pontus, was that your dream as a young boy to end up in England as you did playing in the Premier League? My dream was to get to England, play next to Matty Elliott. That's when I grew up, you know. That, Good, that answer, my main... Good answer. Good <laughs> answer. But yes, it is. It is. It's actually either to play for for a top English team or the World Cup. I mean, those are the two. When you're out on the street or whatever you're on when you're playing, absolutely, because that's. That's what you see on the telly, you know, to 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 play in in uh, and 
I think that's also why it's still very popular, you know, because it's a it's a very fast game. It's an attractive way of playing. It's not only that the brand names are big and good, like Man United, Liverpool, or Leicester, or whatever, but you you also have a tradition, you know, of the way of playing, you know. So definitely, uh, England is a is a big part of that. Pontus, let's talk about your arrival in England um, when you came over because you didn't get off to the best of starts, did you? Well, you did with your, <laughs> your debut at West Bromwich Albion, um, yeah. 3-0 yeah. Uh, by half-time, I believe. That was, it was one of the best performances of the season. Then the next one, unfortunately, uh, Bolton, and you suffered a, a serious injury. Yeah, the cruciate. It was my second time in a career and I've done it three times. So uh, I've been a bit unfortunate with injuries, but I mean, it's part of the game and everything. The only thing you can do is try to get back. Uh, when I got back, I broke my arm. You know, I remember when we played and I was I couldn't even throw the ball, you know, and, and I was too afraid to get off the pitch because Gaffa was standing on the side, you know, and I knew if, if, it, if it's not break, broken, He's going to slaughter me, you know. So I played, I think, for 15 minutes with a broken arm just to to make sure it was broken until I could have a substitution. No, but uh, that's that's the downside of it, you know. But it's not only me; it's other players uh, as well. That uh, you know, uh, injuries is a part of football, unfortunately. But I still, I still uh, had a really good time in England, in Leicester, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm just very fortunate to have been there to be honest I, I didn't realize Pontus three times you did your crucia I mean yeah. that's some going once <laughs> is career threatening but um, yeah. I mean was that through challenges or was it just freakish position of, of your leg or just misfortune or what well it was a little bit of each it was a challenge and it's also uh, one was that when I played against Denmark in uh, in Denmark actually with the Swedish national team they lost one they lost game before the Euro when I just happened to break in too quickly and it, it just snapped, you know. So it's, you know, sometimes a lot of pressure and and uh, and sometimes when, when you're not 100% fit or build up or whatever and you play so many games, you know, you know it can, it can always be there. But it's been a little bit of various reasons, to be honest, you know, a little bit unfortunate and sometimes. That's the only thing I can be proud of. I still, I still got back into the national team after three crusades. I might not have been a legendary player, but I got back after three crusade ligaments. Uh, I, I, I tried anyway, but of course you lose a little bit of speed and, and strength, etc. You know, so you have to adopt to it, I guess. Now, Pontus, how did you fit into this Leicester side? Because you're a bit of an intellectual, aren't you? You you speak Arabic, you've got a degree in marketing, <laughs> yeah, and then you've yeah. come into a dressing room that's got the likes of Matty in there. What, what, how did you fit in? Yeah, well, a few, four or five languages, and we can put Sav on the top on that list, Savage, you know, Robbie. <laughs> you know, he's, to be honest, I'm, 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 not, I'm not really that intellectual, uh, but we have a different system in Sweden, you know, because... A sport, we have to graduate. There's no money in football, or it didn't used to be anyway back in the days. So you have to have a technical engineering degree for in the bottom. And you know, I did a marketing course at De Montfort. It wasn't really, uh, you know, I don't know what I learned to be honest. You know, but I've always been interested in languages, so to communicate. And uh, my daughter is half Arabic, you know. So, so I was actually. Uh, asked to be the assistant coach of Iraq uh, 2007. Uh, I thought that was a little bit of a high-risk job, so I turned it down, to be honest. You know, but, but yeah, I thought maybe stay out of that one. Hey, Pontus, in comparison to that Leicester City squad, you were an intellect, trust me. 
Yeah, true. Well, what was it like playing in that era? Because that that seems to be a great era. I mean, that that team was tagged the the best pub team in Britain at the time, yeah. wasn't it? And there were so many characters, and we've done some stories yeah. with Matt about some of the things they that used to go on. What what was it like for you, Pontus? I, amazing, brilliant. You know, I wouldn't have wanted. But no, man, honestly, I don't say that just to say it. You know, it was absolute. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of characters, and there were some funny geezers, etc. But there was actually, if you look at it, when when I came. You know, everybody thought that we would drop out of the Premiership. And maybe if you looked at the team sheet then, but if you look back and see, it wasn't a very bad team. If you look at individually with Heskey, gone to Liverpool, etc. Matty played for Scotland, Me, Sweden, Casey Keller, USA, etc., etc., etc. You Musi Lennon, uh, Theo Sagorakis. You know, there was a decent squad, to be honest, but... Uh, obviously, at that time, with a Fox Lesher gear, we had, you know, we maybe didn't look as professional as some of the other, the other teams. But no, but it was great fun. But the, the, the team spirit and we could beat any team in the boxes. I mean, with the, with the force we had with Matty and Walshie, etc., you know, we had a very physical side if we wanted. And also with the speed up front. And, I mean, we had a good midfield with uh, Lenny and Musi as well. But, I mean, that's we had the heights. Maybe we, ha- we didn't have the stability, you know, to be like a, a Leicester team right now. Top three, top four. But we were still up in the middle with that team then, you know. So, and we didn't have a very large squad. So, you know, but it, it was a lot of fun off the pitch, to be honest, with Parks, etc. You know, so it was uh, brilliant. A lot of people, you mentioned Gary Parker there, Pontus. I mean, a lot, a lot of people sort of bypass Gary Parker when they think about the Premier League era. Yeah. But Parks, Parks was a big part of that, wasn't he, in the, the first couple of years or so. And as you say, he, yeah. he was he was like the leader of the social side and the, the comical off-pitch yeah. side, wasn't he? What a character he was. Yeah, definitely. And and to be honest, uh, yeah, he wasn't really the one that was running the most on the in the middle of the pitch. But I mean, his touch of the ball and his passing ability, and also his like like I say his personality, you know, that, that you know was just off and and on the pitch, you know. So important character for sure. Yeah, and also a good pre-season partner for me, someone yeah. who I could actually beat in the running stakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, for, good to Emma. see. But you mentioned earlier about Theo Zagarakis as well, Ponta. Yeah. So yeah. I know, I know for sure that you've got a certain story that sticks in your mind <laughs> regarding his relationship with Martin O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 so funny. I I don't know if you remember that in the dressing room when. Because Gaffa, he always had, back in the days, we didn't have videos and stuff like that. You had pen and paper. <laughs> and, and Gaffa always batted everyone. You know, he had his little notebook, you know, and then when he got in there in the half time, you know, each, and, you know, each one of us, you know, got batted for something we had done wrong, you know. So he was slaughtering the whole. And then he comes to Theo, you know, and he gets, and he also was using his pen on that, on that screen, you know. And then he asked Theo, uh, do you understand what I mean? And Theo says, yes. And then he continues to uh, to explain to him, do you understand? Yes. And then the third time, he t- he, he asks him, are you a fucking idiot? Yes. Um, Theo Sagaragis asked. Because Theo didn't understand a single word or word of what, what the gaffer was saying, you know. So he was just saying yes to everything, you know. So And, and I think that was the only time that gaffer 
he even laughed, you know, and he, and he, he left the dressing room. What fucking chance have you got here? And he dropped the pen and, and just left the dressing room, you know. So it was, and we just absolutely burst, you know. People were on the floor laughing, you know. It was uh, no, hilarious, you know. So it was really. It's the only changing room you're going to see, Pontus, that yeah. we're losing 2 0 at half time, but are in fits of laughter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Harry's sponsors 5000 to 1, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Harry's was founded by Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were sick and tired of overpriced razors. Their amazing quality blades are now almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. As a listener, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor, five-blade cartridge, foaming gel, and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash Leicester City right now. That's harrys.com forward slash Leicester City. What was it like as a teammate to you then, Matt? Oh, he was good as gold. He's, uh, you know, as you can tell from just listening to him talk, he's, you know, he's a lovely man at the risk of embarrassing him. But um, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's got a bad word about Pontus as a teammate or as a friend, as a person. Um, he just mixes in as part of the group. I mean, he was held in high esteem by us as a player um, because of his performances, but also because of his pedigree with Sweden and the things that he'd achieved in his career before and during his time at Leicester. And, yeah, nothing but good things to say about him, really. And, thankfully, we, we've remained in contact, although... It being um, intermittently, but we, you know, we we stay in touch and we see each other very occasionally. I keep threatening to go over and see him. He keeps yeah. inviting me <laughs> over to Sweden, where he promises he's going to look after me and buy me half a yeah. lager shandy top. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you know he, he was a great player to have, and injuries blighted his time a bit. And you ended up going, Pontus. You know, it's never clear in my mind how and when you left Leicester because ninety nine. You know, I can't. Yeah. I, I remember we spoke about it not long ago, but I, you know I, I can't imagine why Martin would want you to leave. Was it when Rob Ullerfon no. came to the club? No, it, it, to be honest, it was two. This is a bit. Uh, no one has really asked about it. It was two things. First, my contract ended, and I promised my daughter I only signed one contract. So because she was still in Sweden, but I got an opportunity to continue. But if I'm going to be honest with you here, 100%, I've never said this one. And because I wanted to speak to another person about it first, when I got on the bench against the Tottenham game in the final, when we played, when we played Sav and Ola Thorne, who was left-footed on the right side against Ginola and not me, uh, you know, that made it for me. I mean... I was so disappointed not to play in that day. I mean, it was either me or, or Frank, uh, Frankie Sinclair. I mean, uh, and but but he has been out the night before, so he got suspended, you know, from Gaffa. <laughs> and then I I assumed I was gonna, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I assumed that that obviously it was my side, and I had played one against one, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That was my skill of the game. So. I mean, I don't want to be too critical, but I would like to ask Martin when I see him, because he's still a good friend and everything, why didn't I play? I still don't understand. I don't say that to be big-headed and 
we have a lot of good players, etc. But for me, I mean, when it was either me or Frank on that right hand side, and especially against a player like that, and and we lost the game, and I was I went to him on the coach back home, and I said, I'm leaving. On the way home, I made the decision just so he should know that I'm that disappointed. And that was, the, well, I, sh- I would have left anyway because of my daughter, but that I, I had to make a point. Yeah, no, it's understandable, really, when you, when you think back like that. What a night for Frankie to go out as well, the night before a cup <laughs> final. Eh? But we'll save that for another episode, Rob. Perhaps we'll get Frank on for that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, looking back, you would, you would think... <laughs> it's it, bizarre that that situation developed, especially with the importance that um, Martin O'Neill gave you in your role in the 1997 Cup Finals, yeah, you know, both exactly. at Wembley and in the replay up against Janino, which you're yeah. famous for, certainly in Leicester folklore. Yeah, McManaman, when we played Liverpool, I mean, he, he, he used me for that reason to, and mm. even when we played against. Uh, Aston Villa or Man United, it could be Dwight York or Overmars. He, he used to put me on, you know, when we had to take somebody out, you know. Uh, you know, uh, I'm better yeah. without the ball than with the ball, you know. So maybe to just <laughs> close somebody down. So it's very strange. And even um, even the assistant coaches uh, came to say, I mean, they told me, very strange, you should have been in my team, you know. Uh, you know, so... No, that's. Uh, I was very disappointed with that one. Ponte, let's talk about that Janino, um, those finals, because that is probably what you're most famous for with Leicester fans, that the way you marked the mo- one of the most dangerous players in the Premier League out of both games. How do you feel, though, about being remembered for that? No, but it's still good to have something to be remembered for, if you know what I mean. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm honoured, you know, anyway, you know, to... to and maybe that's one of the biggest reasons for that game. So, so I'm 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 just very honoured and pleased for it anyway. So, and since we won, uh, we did, and that was I mean it was also a gaffer. I mean Martin who 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 came up with the idea. You know, I just had to to do it. You know, so uh, the whole thing and that we won and uh, all the small bricks that we did. You know, so I'm, I'm I'm just happy that he came up with the idea to to be remembered. To be honest. So what was uh, going through your mind going into those games? I mean, you've got a specific job to do. There's no mistaking or being confused about your game plan. It was just a shadow Janino. And what sort of player was he? Well, he was, I mean, he's Brazilian. He's uh, small and quick and very good skill. But everybody, if you don't give them the space and opportunity, it's not that easy. I mean, it's the upper hand is usually of the destroyer than the creator. So in this aspect, I just had to be on the right side. I know I have my skill that I'm quick. Uh, so uh, if I if I'm, I'm if I just maintain focus, it's going to be very difficult for him to uh, to get past me. You know. So I just tried, you know, to to be on the right side, stay focused, do what I should do, and. Uh, and fortunately, you know, he had problems with that, which any team or any player will have, you know. So uh, it's not that spectacular in, in a way, but it, but he he's a good player because obviously he gets the ball once in a while and you have to be there and do the right thing to close them down, you know. But maybe that was my skill in the game, you know. So, yeah, um, um, it suited me. 
wasn't your tactic just to keep your eyes transfixed on the ball? I mean, all the the fancy movements that and the ability and the technical side that Janino had. Uh, don't be distracted by you know the the step overs etc. Just watch that ball and follow it basically. Actually, I never watched the ball a single time. Oh, there you go. That <laughs> shows you what I know. <laughs> I, I, I did, you know, because I've learned that from when I play ice hockey. I used to play ice hockey when I was younger for the youth national team. And, and what you do in ice hockey, you always look in the middle of the chest because otherwise they, they get past you. So if you notice when I'm, when I'm trying to play one against one, because if I look somebody in the chest, I can still see the ball. I don't see it clearly because I'm, I'm obviously not, I can't read what says on the ball, but I can still see it. You know, you have the split vision. So, and that's all it needs. In that case, I can keep up the view. I can look him in the middle of the chest and I can still see because I'm not really care how many steps over he does, but if he kicks the ball, I'm going to be in between. And then it's the focus and the center is still going to be, in the middle of his body, in his chest. And as long as I know he can play the ball, but I'm going to be in between him and the ball, I don't have any problems. So, so actually, I don't even look at the ball because I just look at it in the chest. I must try that next time I end up a professional footballer. <laughs> I knew obviously I was doing big... something wrong. <laughs> a big part of your game, Pontus, was obviously yeah. your fitness. Um, you're 50 years old now, and seeing you on social media, you're just as fit now, aren't you, than you were when you are playing? I actually have the... Uh, I'm actually two pounds lighter when I was 25 and played the World Cup. So, yeah, weight-wise, and I've been doing a lot of fitness, actually don't eat calories that's it's not about training you know 90 percent is not eat as much as you should you know because you're hungry all the time but yeah i try to stay as fit as i as i can so that's the secret matt you gotta stop eating calories guys thank you so much for coming on the show again today it's been wonderful to have you pontus yeah, um i'm sure we'll, we'll ask you back again in the future and uh, uh it'll be great to uh, catch up with you again and matt thank you once again for all your efforts as well on five thousand to one this time Pleasure, Rob. Great to speak to you, Pontus. We'll catch up the soon, mate. Yeah. yeah, to catch up on the Champions League next year, you know, somewhere in Europe, somewhere nice. Mm-hmm.